years parent, I contend that one of the hardest things about parenting is, is coming to grips with the fact that no matter what you do, no matter what boxes you check, no matter what things you make habits in your life, no matter what life you try to build for <laughs> your kids, you can't predict how they're going to turn out. No, you can't. <laughs> it, you know, and we don't have grown kids, but I think by God's grace, we know, I think enough to know that it is only by his grace that they turn to him. And so that leaves us with a conundrum here and now is what, what do we do with that? What do we do with that angst, that worry, that, that hope that we don't know will be fulfilled? Right. Alongside the very clear commands that we see God giving us in scripture. Uh, and, and, the, and in some cases, the promises we see that if we raise them up in the way that, that they will, uh, they will follow, they will go after him. They won't, they won't forsake the way that we raise them up in. So these are all good conversations to have. And in fact, that's the conversation we're going to start today on this, the Fierce Parenting Podcast. So we will see you on the other side. This is Fierce Parenting. Where we believe that kids are a blessing. Family is God's idea. And everything about parenting is discipleship. So leave the blame, shame, could'ves, and should'ves at the door and join us for gospel-centered conversations. Welcome to Fierce Parenting. started saying just doing the opening felt like you added a lot of words <laughs> you're like michael scott when he's just like just starting the conversation <laughs> with never, what's his ever, name for any reason whatsoever <laughs> under any circumstance and he's like sometimes i start a <laughs> sentence and i don't actually know where it's going to end or where it's going <laughs> so i, I just know. keep going I'll no, take, i know you weren't doing i'll that, take the backhanded compliment <laughs> It was just funny. That's why I was giggling because there's just some extra words. And I was like, does he, is he, does he remember where he's going? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, he's got to start it. You, you never know. You Speaking never know. of the office, we had a reviewer with Oh yeah, the most awesome name. Yeah. No. Thank you. They by the way, to our early reviews, this is only the fifth episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast. What? And we have, uh, I think, close to 50 reviews at the Whoa. time of this recording, which is amazing. Wow. Uh, I won't say 50, 50 ratings and then probably 20 reviews. Uh, which I'm very thankful for all that. Anyway, there was one reviewer with the username of Stanley Nichols. <laughs> yes. Listen, Stanley, if that's your actual name, Stanley Nichols, <laughs> you are a blessed man. <laughs> that's incredible. Yes. Uh, which, of course, is a reference to uh, The Office. Uh, we also had another reviewer by the name of the user handle. It's not their actual name, but I- I'm hoping this isn't your name, genuinely. Yo Mama, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, booyah. <laughs> So anyway, thank you so much to all you early raters and reviewers. Uh, man, just you've blessed us. You've encouraged us. You're helping others find this content. It really does mean a lot. If you haven't done that and you're enjoying this content and you happen to have an extra 30 seconds today, uh, that would mean the world to us if you would leave a rating and a review in your podcasting app. Usually it's just uh, Apple Podcasts at this point. I don't know if Google Podcasts does ratings and reviews, but we're very thankful for that and the encouragement there. But more than anything, we just want to see this message get out because you guys, we believe, okay, and I'm just going to be very overt about this. We believe that we are, we are, God has placed us in this moment, in this time in our culture's history to champion and to hearken the message of a biblical household, biblical family, Mm -hmm. uh, biblical marriage, biblical parenting, uh, discipleship within the home. That is why we exist. Fierce parenting, fierce marriage, fierce families being the umbrella of what we do is to Mm -hmm. create discipleship opportunities in the home to push back the tides of culture against the deconstruction of the home, against the debasement of, of human, uh, human 
individuality, all that kind of stuff. We want to see it centered on the gospel and centered and we want to wrap our arms around everything that God says and we want to hold it tight and we want to, we want to pass that down to generations that follow. So if that mission is, is exciting to you, then, then maybe God is calling you to partner with us through, uh, through, currently we're, we're using Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash fierce parenting, actually use this, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. They'll take you to the same place. Point is, is there are some tiers there to get on board. It's early. By the way, thank you to our early patrons. We have three patrons. I love it. Woo! <laughs> you guys are Woo! awesome if you're listening to this. Thank you so much. Chris, thank you so much. Chris is a, a, has been an especially uh, encouraging patron of both Fierce Marriage and Fierce Parenting. We've had mm. one-on-one calls. Thank you, Chris, if you're hearing this. Can't say that enough. Just want to do a shout out. You didn't ask for it, but there you are. Um, so anyway, we see you guys and we thank you. We thank God for you often. So with that said, let's get into uh, this this episode. Um, I have a headline in here, okay. and I wrote this rundown, so Selena's going to be uh, giving us her, her her hot takes along the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the unpredictability of parenting, mm. right? It's that, Again, I said it in the intro. It's a big, one of the biggest struggles we face as parents is not being able to control how they turn out. Right. Well, and that that can get granular as well, right? Once you even when you have a first baby, you you predict that like you know, oh, we buy a, a crib and they're gonna sleep here, and we get <laughs> them bottles and they're gonna drink, and we got blankets and they're gonna love them. Like all these things, you think you can predict these things, then you actually have the baby, and you're like, whoa, this everything feels unpredictable. And then once you start being good at predicting how what their needs are, how they're gonna respond, uh, they change and they grow. <laughs> So, and they're on to the next phase. I think the perfect example of this is you get your kids. Uh, right now, Louisa, our youngest, she's about to turn two, but she got one of those, like, it's like almost like this, um, I don't know, it's almost like one of those, the prices, right? The, 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 what is the wheel they spin with the prices on it? Like oh, the showcase showdown. It's almost yeah. like that. It's got letters on it. And, yeah. It's my and I could see some, I could see her sitting there and just like hitting it and like it would go to the letter and they would say, Hey, it's for app, whatever the thing is. Yeah. She's never once played with that toy the way it's designed to be played with. Right. She just like pushes it over, throws it down, and she'll play with a box a lot more quickly than she'll play with this toy. To the point that if I do see a child playing with a toy like that as it's designed to be played with, I'm almost like, what's wrong with your kid? Stop. <laughs> That's just me. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a little, I'm exaggerating. With our kids, I'd be like, what's wrong with her? What, what's, why is she doing that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's unpredictable. Kids don't do what we think they're going to do. They don't always follow the progression of A plus B should equal C. For them, A plus B equals whatever they happen to be. There be. might not even be a plus sign, I mean, <laughs> or an A and a B. <laughs> yeah. and, and so if we think through, like, what are the reasons for this? Yeah. Um, a lot of them are intuitive, but let's just walk through it and just think through it. Okay, so there's obviously our imperfections as parents. Right. All right, we are not perfect. We don't We don't parent them sinlessly. Mm. I'm not always endlessly patient with our children, you know, and I'm not always perfect in how I communicate to them. And uh, you are, however, always <laughs> perfect in how you communicate to our kids. <laughs> so funny. Um, but also, so there's the our imperfections, but there's also this this uh, lack of knowledge in cases right. and our skill. Own shortcomings and yeah. lack in abilities to, like you said, communicate well, to love them well. I mean, just because we get angry doesn't actually mean that we're sinning, but if we're not skilled at communicating it well and, and understanding how mm. they're receiving it. Like if they're not hearing what we're actually teaching and trying to show them, then, you know, we are, we're lacking in some mm-hmm. area. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's that's our own, that has to do with our own imperfections. Now, obviously, they have their own nature and their own imperfections, <laughs> which play into it as well. Yes. Right? They're little sinners, right? It's amazing yeah. how they don't, you don't have to teach them how to rebel. They just naturally know how to do it. We have it. to teach them obedience. <laughs> <laughs> they just naturally know how to hit one another, right? Or how to take something that they want, whether or not it's theirs to have. They know they, they have their real. own sin nature. Yeah. They also have their own unique personalities, right? <laughs> one of them might be, you know, really joyful. I think of our our first daughter. She is just kind of this, she flits around. It's the most wonderful thing. She's got a song in her heart, always. Yeah. She's whistling or she's humming or she's singing. She's... Oh, he's the artist. She's always drawing, Hair's coloring. probably not brushed. She's wearing a dress and some shorts or pants that don't match. The and color, most colorful thing. Just... And then you have our second born, which her name is Clementine, and she, which Clementine means the lamenting one. <laughs> I liked the, the name Clementine a lot, so I was willing to deal with the meaning. And apparently, uh, it was it was apt for this for this child because she, uh, she now she does have a good bit of joy. She's hilarious. She's awesome. She she's not makes just us laugh a lot, and she's very loving and kind. However, she is, I think, faster to jump on the lamenting train <laughs> yep. than others. But it's also a birth order. Like, there's also an yeah, you're learning a, a lot piece about birth of order. that that contributes. I think um, she's a piece on birth order too. And her, at one point, yeah, but. her struggles are you know her own like ours, um, but she'll get things done right. Where the firstborn will just be distracted away with all the things outside and whatnot. So, yeah, okay. So uh, we have our imperfections, their nature, also their environment. Okay, so we don't always know what's going to happen as our kids develop and as yeah. they grow and as they start having friends and influences that are weighing in on the their worldview. Right, and so a lot of the early years are are, are preparing them and kind of laying some of that bedrock and right. some of that foundational worldview knowledge, so that when they and and not, and not just not just in a vacuum, but you're saying this is these are some of the lies that the world will tell you. Right. Listen, we believe God's truth will will withstand. Mm-hmm. Right, the grass withers, the flower fades, but God's word will never pass away. Mm-hmm. We believe that, so I'm going to put that in your heart, and that's going to be the thing that is there, regardless of what kind of layers itself on top of it and tries to help you interpret it. And our hope is that even though uh, all that stuff will happen, we'll get into this in this episode later, uh, all that will fade away. So we we can't always control that. We can't control our friends. We can't control cultural tides and pressures. Um, There are immense pressures online, uh, especially given like the, just the volatility of a lot of really intense identity Mm. issues that kids are facing these days. Right. Which is nothing new. I just think the tool that's being used is so loud and hard to mute. Some of uh, it's, the some internet. of the ideology is, is newer. It's new to the mainstream, yes. I will say. Yeah. It's not new in terms of, it's been around since this, you know, I'm thinking of like intersectionality, the critical theory, all right. that kind of that's stuff. That's been around for it's been around a since, long it's, time. It's been, yeah, a but long, long actu- time. But it's been magnified and augmented by the the internet. <laughs> well, it's been, able to, it's been able to kind of hop that void yeah. from academia to mainstream culture. And that's right. kind of the scariness of it. Um, and, and it's, it's rife with lies. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know, like life circumstance, we also don't know what's going to happen. Like what if God forbid, you know, your child gets in a tragic accident mm-hmm. or they get sick or anything like that's imposed on them. Now they've now they have, we could have never predicted that. And now we don't know how they're going to handle that. So anyway, all of this says like we have such little, control over how our children turn out but we aren't without instruction mm-hmm. right um and just as another salve we look at scripture right okay so even the most faithful followers of god have children that rebel against god so i just i immediately when i thought when i when i wrote that down i thought of josiah right and how he was this king after god's own heart this is in uh first kings uh, second kings i think chapter 20 ish around there 
and how he followed God, did all the things that were right, like tore down idols, tore down, you know, basically like refounded Israel on, or I don't know if it was Judah or Israel. I can't remember which, which part it was, but like did all the right things and immediately following. It's like, then, uh, I can't remember his son's name. I don't have it up in front of me. Um, it, but immediately upon like dying and his son takes over, it was like, so-and-so did what was wrong <laughs> and did what was wicked in the sight of the is Lord. Is this Solomon's son or Josiah? This is Josiah's so- son. Same, okay. same with Solomon, like Solomon's kids, you know, Rehoboam, Jeroboam, uh, Rehoboam, it wasn't his, Jeroboam wasn't his, wasn't his son, but Rehoboam was part, was responsible in part for the split of yeah. Israel and Judah. And so it's like, and he was the wisest man of all. Mm, it's all the wealth. <laughs> like if you're called the wisest man of all time, basically. Well, and the by temple was the I, Bible. Yeah. Well, and the, and like the temple and the wealth. Uh, that is known throughout history in the the ancient world, right? Is mm-hmm. Solomon's temple, right? Um, that should we should take heed of those two uh, those two factors. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you have modern examples. So uh, John Piper, who is uh, I think he was a pastor for forty years, right? Awesome, mm-hmm. like gospel centered, exegetical preacher, faithful man of God, mm-hmm. has a son who is an outspoken atheist, right? And so we're so quick to jump to conclusions and say, well, he probably did whatever. Like, oh, that's probably because John Piper was whatever. And we're here to say, A, there's no way you can know. Yeah. B, you've stated the obvious. (laughs) Like, like, yeah. Right. There's contributing John Piper is not perfect. Mm -hmm. And and there's no guarantee. Surprise, surprise, right? Yeah. And there's no guarantee that if you raise someone up, even in the ways of the Lord, that they will not stray from it. Now, there is a proverb that says that, and we're going to talk about what that proverb means and what we can take away from it. But I can tell you this right now, it's not a guarantee. Um, and I think our anecdotal experience would confirm the same. Um, so the question remains is, what do we do? Right? How do we feel or how are we to feel or how are we to respond when it comes to these unpredictable outcomes? Right. Because it can be really... If you if we sit in that spot, it can be really um, terrifying to be a parent uh, and to see all the influences. It's like I, I imagine, um, you know, Peter getting out of the boat, <laughs> and you look at the waves. The second he starts, he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He starts to sink mm. and starts to become over overcome by the waves, the water, the storm, and Jesus saying, "Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid?" and we don't have to be afraid. I guess I'm using that story to empower you. We don't have to be afraid because we can fix our eyes on the one who is in control of the storm, mm. right? We can fix our eyes and our heart, our minds, our souls, everything on the one who has created uh, the ability for the storm to even exist. Uh, so there's a big reassurance there uh, and a big big ask for us to trust, mm. but God has continually proven himself trustworthy. Uh, I think that's an understatement. So, by the way, this episode is is kind of meant to be taken in conjunction with our last one, which mm-hmm. was "You Be the Parent." And so, the the name that we're going for on this episode is going to be "Let God Be God." So, let let God be God. You be the parent. And what what I mean is, we're going to supplement that. And, and in other words, there is a scope that is yours to own. God has given you authority in the household that you need to wield carefully with conviction. However, there is an end to that scope, and there's a part. There's a part of what we want for our children that's outside the scope of our influence. And that's where we're picking up today. So to, to kind of lay the framework for this, we're going to read from Deuteronomy 11. Uh, but I want, to, I want to kind of hang these three kind of, um, I don't know, nails on the wall, so to speak, that we can begin adding information to. And that's this. And they all start with T. You know how we love alliteration. So teach, 
train and trust. Okay, so we are to teach our children. We're supposed to train them in the way and entrust them into the loving hands of God. And so let's let's dive into Deuteronomy 11. Uh, we're going to read. Uh, I think there's five verses here. They're a little bit longer, but bear with us. Here goes. Take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the land will yield no fruit and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand that they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. So there are some really heavy implications here, and there's a lot of stuff here. We only have about 10 minutes minutes to get through it, so we're going to do our very best. And please do bear in mind that some of this is going to be repeated from last week's episode because uh, these two things go together. But the first piece is this, and it says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. So in other words, know the truth yourselves. Mm. We need to know the truth ourselves. As the parents. As the parents. We can't disciple our kids if we're not ourselves disciples. Right, right. We can't impart knowledge to them. We can't pass down truth to them. We can't give them truth that we've neglected to learn and cherish, right? And so that's what what this passage is saying is lay up these words of mine in your heart and your soul. That's the first step. And then it goes on to say, uh, bind them around, uh, bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be a frontlet between your eyes. In other words, they're kind of part of your daily mm-hmm. garb. They're part of your daily life. And then this is the next piece. You shall teach them to your children. Mm. So we know the truth ourselves. Now we pass along what we know. We teach them to our children. In other words, it's not enough to just know the knowledge, but we must also pass it along. Right. We must make a concerted effort to to. Give it to our kids. I I, um, heard a quote recently. I'm just going to paraphrase it because I can't remember the exact words, but it says this. uh, The baby boomers were so intent on giving to their children what they didn't have, the wealth, opportunity, freedom. They were so intent on giving them those things that they forgot to pass down to them what they did have, a moral compass, a work ethic, resilience in the face of adversity. Mm. Right. So you have this generation of people that are post baby, baby boomers that just basically have all of the things, but none of the character. They have all the style and none of the substance. Mm. There wasn't a passing of the torch of these important base truths. Right. I think we can fall into this of wanting to give our kids what we lacked, right, in so many ways in the world and all of that. And it's not a bad thing. However, if again, if, if the words of God and the truth of God is not the first things that we give them, I think that we are doing them a disservice Mm. uh, as well as ourselves because we're giving them the things, um, that we think they need instead of allowing God's word to kind of bear weight on the things that we should be giving them Mm. and the instruction because God's word will help us no matter whatever wealth we are able to give them or the opportunities or the freedoms, um, no matter where they find themselves uh, and how we teach, we teach them how to have a, a work ethic, right? We teach them how to be resilient in the face of adversity because of what, because of the gospel, right? Mm. The Holy Spirit enables us and produces in us these the fruit to be patient, to be kind, to be long-suffering, to be uh, loving to one another. So Excellent. So we know the truth ourselves. We are to pass it along 
to our children. And then the second piece is when you are sitting in your house and when third piece, sorry, when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise, in other words, do it constantly all the time. We're passing this stuff along all the time um, with, and with those first two in place, this is what I would argue with the first two in place. In other words, you actually know the truth and you're already choosing to pass it to pass it along to them. This one comes naturally. It becomes part of the DNA of who you are as a parent and who you are as a family. Yeah. So that it's just a kind of second nature. Right. And I would argue if, if you're struggling with this, it's a warning light on your dash saying that maybe you're not beholding the truths of the Lord. Mm. Maybe you don't prioritize the teaching of the word to your children like you say you do. Maybe yeah. just maybe those are just words. And and this is and if you're not doing it constantly, sure. Go there first. Know God better. Understand his commands better. Revere his word with the authority that it has. Um, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and part of that is this idea, Selena, you said this and I love it. It says you placing before them a feast. Right. What do you mean by that? Uh, so again, we, we cannot, our salvation is not imputed onto our children, right? They have to go to God. Uh, they are individual souls. Uh, we cannot give them salvation. Salvation comes only through God and through Christ. Uh, he is the way, the truth, and life. And so as parents, um, I hear this vocabulary a lot around laying before them the feast of the gospel, showing them uh, the good and true nature of God, uh, diving into the Bible, learning about mm. um, who, how human beings responded to God, seeing God's overarching um, themes of love, of forgiveness, of grace, uh, seeing the purpose that is within those themes uh, and the completeness of God's word. And mm. the, I mean, you can get granular, you can go big and no matter which way you look at it, uh, laying before them this, this feast that is irresistible, that they just want to know more. They want to experience, they want to taste and see mm. the goodness of God. Wow. Again, I can't force it down their throat. All I can do is say, I know you're hungry and I know that this will feed you and not just for today. It's like, he's the living water, yeah. right? With wow. the, the woman at the well, you will never thirst again. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's where we we hope and pray that they will they will eat they will partake right. in whatever that stuff is. Okay, so that's teach. Okay, the second T here for today is train. <laughs> so teaching is different from training. Teaching is an imparting of knowledge. Training is the showing them showing the ropes. Right? We are good. you're showing them how to do it. It's like you can only explain to a carpenter. The, the dimensions have to be this way. You, here's how you join a wall with a, with a roof or with a truss or whatever. You can only explain it so much. You actually, at some point, you have to show them yeah. how it's done because yeah. they'll never fully understand it. There's just too many complexities to it. And so we're going to use this. We're going to look at this verse, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a wild in the way, excuse me, train up a child <laughs> in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, so there's a few takeaways here. The first one is this. Uh, you are called into this, so you be the parent. Okay, so you train up a child in the way he should go. Right, there's an implied, yeah. There's an implied you, there's an imperative there, and that's you as the parent. Um, and so again, go back to last week's episode to um, to hear that. Um, but training up, okay, so you train up a child. Training up implies that there's this, again, showing the ropes. Uh, and this is discipleship. Selena and I always um, talk about this as, uh, in terms of discipleship. It's It's I do, we do, you do. So we're teaching our oldest right now how to read scripture. We read it together. Now or I'll read scripture. She sees me doing that at some point. She, and she's done this a few times where she's like, I want to read my Bible with daddy or whatever. So she'll, she'll open her Bible mm-hmm. and she'll read it. And so we're doing it together. And then I'm now trying to get her to understand that you can do this even Whenever when I'm not want. here yep, on your own. This yeah. is God's word. And like Selena said, it's this feast. It's full of life and truth. Mm-hmm. So go to it. 
right? But that has to be shown and not just told. We have to show them that God's word is, is, is that feast right. and not just tell them because they won't get it unless we show them. Okay. And so that's the train up. Again, this is differentiating from teaching. Now we're training. Okay. So train up a child in the way. So there is <laughs> a way that is right. That's the number two here. Yeah. Um, there is a way. It's, it's, it's not just whatever way they choose. Yeah. It's there's a right and there's a wrong. There's life and there is death. And some of this, again, is taught, but most of it is caught. And so we have to display the way and bring them to the kind of, I always say, you bring them to the, the, the trailhead and say, right. like, this is the path that you need to walk it. This is the right path. You need to walk it. And they'll go away and say, no, this is the path. But it's steep. It's hard. It's windy. I'm hungry. <laughs> I need <I'm> snacks. <laughs> this is the path and you need to walk it. Here's some snacks to take with you. Like, go now walk out this path of your own faith. Yeah. Um, I'll use this analogy. I think it was a couple of years ago we got into baking bread as a family. You did. I did. <laughs> I mean, I like to taste the bread and help, but you I do don't. your part. I don't know. I do my part. <laughs> Give it a little snack. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> what you we smack do, the bread. You smack the dough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's part See? like all the family helps and the way they help is every child and, and Selena, they always give the the dough before it proves they give it a good smack <laughs> it's hilarious maybe for us not anyone else but the point is is i can till i'm blue in the face i can write down recipes and i can tell the girls here's how you make bread but one of the things i love about making bread at home is that it's it's almost as much of an art as it is a science and that you have to have a feel for it you have to know when the dough is ready you have to, especially if you're adding things to it you're adding seeds you're adding flavors anything you want the point is you have to have a feel for it and I can't just tell that to them. I have to show them what it means to have a feel for it, how to work the bread. And it's similar to how we approach our relationship with God. We're teaching them mm-hmm. we're teaching them what is right and true and good. And now training is showing them that what it means, what it feels like to walk in truth. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, and so, and then I wanted to the last piece, which is um, the, the axiomatic wisdom of this proverb. So you have to remember, Proverbs is not a manual of guarantees. What's axiomatic mean? It means, <laughs> axiomatic means in general. Okay. These are axioms. They're things that are general truths that are found to be true most of the time. In other words, if you, so for instance, if you save, if you save instead of spend, you're going to end up better off than if you don't, right? Okay. That's not a guarantee, but it's generally true. And so this is the same way. We have to remember the genre that we're in, the Proverbs is axiomatic wisdom. In general, train up a child in the way he should go. And in general, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So some people have thrown this back at us and said, you're wrong. That's a guarantee. It says he will not, when he's old, he will not depart from it. And my only response to them is you need to read the Bible deeper because the Bible has genres and they're real. Uh, and there's, there's reasons why you read them a certain way mm-hmm. to get the meaning that the original readers would have gotten from it. So the point is, is it's not a guarantee, but this is why we have to turn to number three, which is the next one. Okay. So we've done our work. We've taught, hmm. we've trained, and now we need to trust. Right. We need to entrust the souls of our children into the loving hands of God. Right. It's like the seed, right? That you plant the, the, the grower, like God gives us the seed. We plant the seed, we water it, we weed the garden around it, but God is the only one that can make it grow. Yeah. yeah. And we just have to trust that he's yes. doing something. Even when we can't see it, there is growth happening. Yeah. I think of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Um, there's a verse in there. It's He goes about you know doing his prodigal son thing. He goes and spends all of his inheritance and lives the life he always thought he wanted and turns away from everything his father had told him. And then in verse 17, he says, But when he came to himself, 
or if you look at the Greek and some of the other translations translate it like this, when he came to his senses. Hmm. Well, what was it that brought him <laughs> to his senses? Yeah. That's God breathing life into the child. That's God turning a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Right. And only God can do that. Yes. And so even when, and this is why we spend so much time training and teaching in those years, because we have to trust that those foundational pieces, like we said earlier on, and like scripture says, the grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Right. And so we're spending this time putting these big foundational stones, hoping, praying that God in his sovereignty will be mm. merciful on our children. will draw them unto him. Yeah. God. And I often ponder, you know, that God gives us these children and we don't necessarily maybe connect. I don't know. Maybe everybody's different, but it took me a little bit of time to connect and step into what it means to be a mom, at least with our firstborn. Um, for me, it was not quite automatic, but the moment that it hit me, which was not very long after we had Della, it was it was this new like found confidence and it was this new okay I am her mother these are the roles these are the things these are the ways I get to love her but it's also this like it's this tension between here's mm. I'm in charge but yet I'm not in charge right like I'm in I am in being entrusted with her soul with her mind all of her while we're here on this earth for a certain amount mm. of time but God is the ultimate in control he there's and and I can trust that I may be afraid of that at some point as a mom you you just mm. are looking out into the future yeah. and wondering how are my children going to survive and thrive in this and we have to again it's this big it all points back to trust trusting in God right because even the things that we're doing the teaching and training are based on our trust of him and his trusting word, that yeah. his way is, is the best obedient. way yeah it's true so there it is it's teach train and trust mm -hmm. and that does sound simple but as we as we talk through that really depends on what we hope for who we hope in mm. and at times and this is i just want to encourage you parents you're listening to this at times i think we can claim too much uh we take too much of the credit and too much of the blame yeah and we just need to i think trust the lord and and follow his way and in that there's life okay the heart is god's domain i just want to end with this as parents Okay, just be encouraged. We are called to teach our kids God's word. We're called to train them in God's way. And then we are called to entrust them into God's will. And that mm. takes prayer. And each piece is a challenge to be sure. But the last part is perhaps the hardest. So may we be parents, fierce parents, marked by profound and unwavering trust in God. And may our trust translate into how we teach and train our children daily and diligently according to God's word. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for um, these parents listening to this, that you've called them into this work, that you've equipped them to do it faithfully. Mm. I pray that you would uh, help them to trust you. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to teach and train um, as they trust you. And may they entrust the ultimate outcome of their children's hearts into your loving hands. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Parenting Podcast. For more resources, visit fierceparenting.com. And for daily encouragement, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to support this ministry, please leave a rating or a review in your podcast app or visit patreon.com slash fierceparenting to become a monthly partner. We hope this episode has blessed you immensely. Take care.